Filmmaker Peaches Christ is here to talk about her new show, An Evening with Mink Stolen and Peaches Christ, and give us her spin on our LGBTQ issues. Hi, Peaches. Hi, thanks for having me. Tell us about your show, An Evening with Mink Stolen and Peaches Christ. Sure. I mean, first and foremost, I have to just say that I was a huge, and still am, massive John Waters fan. The filmmaker, uh, of course, comes from Baltimore. I grew up in Maryland, and discovering John Waters as a kid was life-changing, to say the least. There wouldn't be a Peaches Christ without John Waters. And when I dug into the world of John Waters, of course, I became aware of Divine, you know, the superstar drag queen who was in all of his films, and also Edith Massey, as well as Mink Stoll. And Mink, Divine, and Edith Massey were sort of the holy triumvirate of John Waters' superstars in those early films. And sadly, Divine and Edie passed away years ago. But Mink has um, gone on to appear in every single one of John Waters' feature films. Uh, and I've just been lucky enough to not only be a fan of hers, but then be a friend, you know, who's gotten to work with her over the years and really put her on a pedestal and celebrate her. And that's what this show is all about. It's a cabaret show for John Waters fans who want to come out and see me celebrate this woman who I idolize so much. What was your inspiration for creating the show? Well, I used to do these midnight movie screenings for years and years and years where I would do small shows before the movies would screen. And I was lucky enough to be able to kind of invite people, you know, after the series became popular enough, to invite people who had, you know, starred in these movies. And the very first person I ever invited was Mink Stoll. It was for a screening of Desperate Living that she stars in. And we did that sort of an event for years. And then I got to work with, well, John Waters himself and Elvira and uh, Tara Satana. And I did these sorts of screenings for years and years. And after a while, I started to do shows that didn't involve the movie screening, maybe because I got older <laughs> and I didn't want to do shows at midnight anymore. Uh, and, you know, there was this sort of people have seen these movies. Let's dig in deeper to these superstars and get to know them better. And so uh, I first did Idol Worship, God, probably six or seven years ago now um, in Provincetown with Mink Stoll. And then we've done versions of it, you know, all over. And so we revamp the show uh, every few years. And so this new version that we're rolling out in 2024 has some new songs and new video clips and new stories because our friendship has evolved over the years. So even if you've seen the show before, it always kind of changes. It, it's flexible. But my inspiration was really just to celebrate Mink and really to kind of make a show centered around our friendship. What would you like to accomplish with this show? With all of my shows, honestly, I like to create a space of escape for the niche queers and misfits and weirdos. I mean, that's really what I do being a cult movie queen is sort of create space for us to come together. And I use religious uh, terminology uh, a lot because I'm Teach of Christ and my show was called Midnight Mass or Idol Worship or whatever I call it because part of me feels like there is this spiritual component to coming together with your tribe and celebrating the things that you love. And so 
I just want to create sort of a sense of community and escape in any show that I do. And certainly that's true of um, idol worship. And then the obvious other goal is to, you know, put Mink up on a pedestal and celebrate this unique woman's fabulous career. What would you like to accomplish with your work? I think in general, I just want to create work that celebrates the weirdos. And not only uh, makes the weirdos uh, feel seen, but also creates space for them. Um, as simple as that sounds. I really got a lot of inspiration from going to Rocky Horror screenings when I was a kid. And, you know, it was actually before I even ever came out of the closet. I figured out that there was a place for me at those events growing up in Annapolis, Maryland, and going to the mall to attend Rocky Horror screenings. So as an adult, um, and as someone who basically turned my hobby, which was drag performance uh, and making underground movies uh, into a career. Um, it was quite by accident. It was like I just followed this passion I have for creating weirdo, fun, outrageous events. But a big part of it is just building community. I mean, I use the word cult tongue-in-cheek. Obviously, I, I don't actually want to be a cult leader or a religious leader or any of those things. If anything, I'm I'm, it's a satire and I'm criticizing all of that. But at the heart of it, I just want to create community. How do you see our LGBTQ community moving forward in 2024, especially with over 600 anti-LGBTQ bills in states across the country? Women's rights continue to be on the chopping block. Anti-Semitism and hate crimes are on the rise, all as we head towards the presidential election. I honestly see problems all around us. But when I back away and kind of look at the bigger picture, a lot of this reaction that we're seeing, I mean, certainly dramatic reaction. I never, ever dreamed that I'd see the, you know, overturning of Roe versus Wade in my lifetime. That is a shocking, horrific reality. But what I also know is that these things are crap, in a way, been put in place by the minority. So I try to back away and remember we have a Supreme Court that is ridiculous because it's made up of people who were appointed by more than one president who did not win the popular vote. I really try to remember that these things, a lot of these things do not exist because they are what the majority want. These are things that exist because of the Electoral College, uh, because of gerrymandering, and these legislations, these hateful um, sentiments, actually, I don't believe are what the majority of Americans want. I mean, we know that in 2016, Hillary Clinton won by 3 million votes. Obviously, if she had won, we wouldn't you know, have seen the overturning of Roe versus Wade. So I try to remember that the majority of people still, even though it's hard to remember, the majority of people in this country are not the scary MAGA people. They're the minority. But I do know that the reactions we're getting are the, the reactions of people desperate. They see the tide turning. They see that they're not able to indoctrinate their children with the same amount of hate that their parents were able to, to pass on to them. Children now have the internet. And I feel like you're getting this last gasp of conservative desperation. And I think that's why it feels so extreme and so 
awful is because they're just desperate. And so they're not even hiding their hateful feelings anymore. So from a bigger picture, I kind of think there's this good side to it. It means we're winning, but it also means that we still have much work to do. You know, we've got to get, you know, back on track. And I guess it's the thing of like, we've got work to do, but let's remember that we are in the majority. We're not on the wrong side of history. They are. With LGBTQ teens already four times more likely to attempt suicide than their heterosexual peers after facing bullying incidents, what advice would you have for these kids, especially in these challenging times? Well, I think kids today, and I know this all too well, this problem, because unfortunately I grew up Catholic and there's still a part of my family that is, I mean, they're not just Catholic, they're like insane Catholics who don't even, right, right now their new thing is to say that the Pope isn't a real Pope. And, um, you know, th that's because the Pope has been too progressive for their liking. So it's almost like you can't win. Even the Pope now is not above their crazy criticism. Um, unfortunately, the reality of, you know, my uncle raising a family like this is that my cousin, you know, who's my uncle's daughter, has raised a family like this. And unfortunately, I've seen the reality of, of having queer children raised in this environment and how it can lead to dangerous things like uh, self-harm and seen it with my, you know, with my family, um, as well as, you know, all over, of course, growing up. I guess the point is, is that it's still happening, which is shocking to me in 2024 that we're still dealing with this. But what I would say to any of those young people is find your tribe, and that could mean you know, just finding um, your tribe through social media until you can get away. And sadly, the answer often is to get away, get out, start over, move someplace new, because you will find a chosen family. We're out there. We exist. And life does get better. Um, so it's hard when you're in it, especially when you're young, because when you're young, of course, you have this myopic view of the world. And it's hard to see outside of it because it's all you know. So I think as adults, we have to keep reminding them, you know, like that It Gets Better campaign, it really will get better, especially if that's the state you find yourself in. And it will pass. How can people get information about an evening with Mink Stoll and Peaches Christ? So the best place to go to get all the cities and dates that we currently have lined up for this February 2024 is peacheschrist.com, and everything's right there on my website, including um, cities, dates, and, and links to tickets. Um, and just quickly, we'll be in San Francisco uh, on the 10th and 11th. That's where we start. Actually, the 10th is sold out. The 11th only has a few tickets left. And then we go to Salem, Massachusetts on Valentine's Day. What better way? to spend Valentine's Day than with me, Stoll, and myself. Uh, that's on the 14th. And then on the 15th, we're in Providence, Rhode Island, where I've never been. On the 16th and 17th, we do two nights in New York City. Uh, on the 18th, we do a matinee show for all of us seniors, because I love a matinee show, in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And then we go to Washington, D.C. on the 20th. So it's a real quick East Coast tour after we do San Francisco, and everything is available at peacheschrist.com. What other projects are you working on? Well, currently I do a, a big immersive theatrical haunted attraction that typically runs in October uh, for Halloween, but we've been so successful that this year we're actually doing a revival of the show that we did in October. 
Um, it takes place at the old San Francisco Mint Building. It is a massive show, and we're bringing it back for four nights at the end of February and the beginning of March. Uh, I'm also doing um, my podcast, the Midnight Mass podcast that I do with Michael Barati, um, and we focus on cult movies and the like. Um, and then I just have various shows and things throughout the year, so it's best to just follow me on social media, as you do these days, if you're interested in keeping up with what I have going on. Is there a question you wish people would ask you? Um, I love it when people ask me about any upcoming movie projects that I'm working on, because uh, it's been a while since I've made a, a feature film. I made All About Evil, which is now streaming on Shudder, um, starring Natasha Lyonne, um, over a decade ago. And, of course, Natasha has gone on to become a big star. I like to take full credit for her success, although I can't really. I just like to do it. Um, but I'm actually working on a couple new movie projects. And the reason I like for people to ask me about it is because you never know if there's some rich person out there who just wants to invest their money and a, a wild punk rock drag queen interested in making a new horror movie. So if that's you, if you've got a check to write, you know, uh, here I am. I've got some scripts to share with you. Do you have a favorite quote or mantra to get you through these difficult times? I do, especially these days. I mean, some people who um, know me uh, or even just know of me know that I had a traumatic uh, experience in 2023 when I found my best friend dead in London, Heclina, the legendary drag queen. And, and you know, th that was a really uh, challenging experience. And the world is a challenging place right now. And I think that the thing I keep reminding myself of, and the silver lining, I think, for any of us to go through these sorts of um, difficult uh, situations is to live in the moment. Like that is was such a huge reminder that we only have today. And I know that like everyone else, I suffer from uh, anxiety and stress and worry. But when I really break it down and think about what am I really worrying about? None of it really matters that much, you know? So live in the moment, as cheesy as it sounds, that is the mantra that I am using daily. <laughs> 